Welcome to the Tidal Year, a series about the joy of swimming. With the help of some special guests, we'll discover the human stories behind why we swim. Together, we'll share tales from the places that helped us fall in love with swimming. From Lidos to lakes, by leisure centers in the ocean, I can't wait to dive into these magical places. I'm your host, writer, and wild swimmer, Freya Bromley, and every week I'll be chatting to a new explorer, swimmer, author, or campaigner about what water means to them. Before we dive into this episode, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, TryHard. I love being in the water, but I don't love what pool chemicals like chlorine do for my skin and hair. TryHard develop water sports specialized skin and hair solutions that eliminate those negative effects of pool chemicals and ocean salts. I'm thrilled to share with all listeners of the Tidal year a very exclusive 15% off when you use code TIDAL at tryhard.co. In this week's episode, I spoke to Tom Mason, co-founder of Blue Balls, a cold water swimming group specifically for the men of Cornwall. We spoke about Ben's mental health, building a community, and tidal pools. Let's dive in. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, the first time that I actually found out about Blue Balls Cornwall was it popped up on my Instagram feed, this amazing picture of a load of men on the beach in bright blue swimming trunks in what looks like a very chilly dip. But for our listeners, maybe you can tell me a little bit about Blue Balls Cornwall. Yeah, so Blue Balls Cornwall is a swimming group we set up um, specifically for men. When I got into cold water swimming a couple of years ago, the space is so heavily dominated by female groups, which is amazing. And I love to see it. And it's great. And the community has been really, really welcoming of us. But it was just so noticeable that there was there's so few men going into the water and we really wanted to to set up a, a group where men could come along and and get into the water and get the benefits that I was having at the time and then latterly Ross so so that's where it began really oh what an amazing adventure that's so true I actually noticed that quite a lot you know for me as a woman that's been quite a positive thing because lots of sports do feel like they're very male dominated and lots of the places that I've swam in the UK have been tidal pools and some of those places actually especially up in Scotland were former sites of drowning for witches so I love the fact that you know swimming actually has has been used as you know a, a death and trial method in the UK for actually quite a long time and being in some of those spaces and swimming in them and lots of the people meeting there were women was actually really fantastic of an interesting thing that swimming has now become so popular for women it almost felt like a a kind of reclaiming of that in that particular space in um castle pool in scotland so i was actually thinking thinking about that i suddenly noticed oh that's true a lot of the time the people that i i meet are females but i wonder i wonder why that is have you kind of anecdotally from your group discovered why there have been less men swimming do you think it's anything to do with you know taking a dip in the sea maybe being less of a competitive sport yeah, I think we tried. I think there's not many places where groups of men get together, and it's either, like you say, it's either sports teams or it's down the pub, and they can be quite masculine environments. And we try and we try and encourage the opposite of that. So we sort of we don't want the egos, we don't want the sort of toxic masculinity with with our groups, and we want people to be able to be themselves and feel comfortable around each other and not have to worry if you've got a bit of a dad bod or if you've going bald or anything like that. So we're not all, by, by no means are us all got the perfect physiques. And I think I love that about the group. There's all shapes and sizes. Um, there's no, it's a, it's a completely non-judgmental environment that the guys can come along to. And if like you, like you said, some of us wear bright blue trunks and we did that because we wanted to stand out on the beach and, and for people to take notice and think what's going on over there. Cause if, if we were all just in boardies, like most of the lads in Cornwall, then it would just be another group going into the water. So some of us do wear do wear trunks, some wear 
wetsuits. We had a guy come yesterday who's the first time he'd been with us and he was in a, in a rash vest and boots and gloves. But it, it's like I say, it's not, it's non-judgmental and whatever anyone wants to wear to make them enable them to get into the water is great for us. Oh, I love to hear that. And that's great that you've kind of sounds like you've learned a lot about what makes the community more accessible because often for lots of us, there are things that might stop us getting involved in a, in a sport or reaching out to a new group, but that might be different for everybody. And I can understand why not having the right kit can be a little bit intimidating. And that's so true, actually, what you said about you would look and say, what's going on there? I want to get involved and suddenly feels more inclusive and exciting to get involved. Whereas you might otherwise think, oh, that's a group of friends and I wish I had some friends to go to the beach with. So I'm really glad to hear that. How do you find that people generally find out about what you're doing? Do people come up to you when you're on the beach together? Yeah, I mean, we've had lots of guys and ladies actually when we're on the beach come over them and to be fair it's normally the women that wander over and sort of quite inquisitive and what's going on here and then we'll say well and one of us will go into what the group's all about and they'll say oh my husband that'd be perfect for him or my uncle or or my son and 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 it's all been all our growth has been completely organic and sort of via word of mouth I think social media has, has, has its downfalls but it actually it's been really positive for us and it's been able to give us more exposure and and give and allow us to be viewed by more people. So yeah, I think we naturally talk about it quite a lot in our day to day lives, and 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 we and and everyone's passionate about the group and what it's done for our own mental health and physical health. So I think it's only natural that you just you talk about it, and then people sort of come along and and, and want to try it themselves. That's an amazing power of connection that just one by one, people can hear about something and get involved. And I'd love to talk to you more about the community in general, but first, maybe we should go back and talk about you and your journey with swimming. I've traveled a lot around the UK swimming, and whenever I go, I tend to find that everybody has a reason for why they swim and why they get in the water beyond just enjoying it you know often when I say to people who aren't swimmers oh I'm a swimmer they think I'm I've got goggles on and I'm doing laps but it's something else that it gives me and I'm sure it's the same for you so you know take me back to when you first started kind of swimming again in your adult life yeah so I've been I've lived in Cornwall for the majority of my life I've gone out and about for periods of time but generally I'm here and I've always sort of taken living by the sea for granted and there'll be some years that I wouldn't even go in the ocean, wouldn't go in the sea in the summer, which is criminal now looking back. But it's just, I think it's just people's mindsets and well, certainly my mindset at the time. And so and I've never been a particularly strong swimmer. I'm, I'm pretty sporty and I've done lots of other sports, but never swimming has never been one, something that I was interested in or had any inclination to get better at. And I, I sort of stumbled across it really. So I went through I went through sort of a period of sort of quite poor mental health I was the stereotypical bloke really I I had feelings and had emotions but didn't want to acknowledge the feelings and didn't really know how to show the emotions and would sort of bury them and use negative coping mechanisms to to escape from those feelings really that ended up with me drinking quite a lot and using a, using a, those avenues to, to get away from it all, which culminated in me getting um, arrested for drink driving um, in the end of 2019. And obviously I got a subsequent ban for 15 months. And that ban coincided with COVID and lockdown. So it gave me the opportunity to really reflect on my life for the past sort of few years and what I'd done and where I was going and the people I'd upset and the people I was probably likely to upset if I continued the path I was on. So I just spent that period on myself and really made it a priority to sort of focus on my development and my self-awareness and making apologies to the people that needed to be apologised to. And when I got my driving licence back in December 2020, one of the first things I did was go to go swimming. 
and I went to the tidal pool in Porth Talon on the 29th of December. And I know the date because I put it straight on my Instagram, which is unusual for me because normally I don't put stuff I do on the day and think about it. But clearly, looking back now, it must have had that big of an impact on me. I sort of did something different. And I've never looked back, really. I think it sounds quite grand and what have you, but I think it's changed my life. And yeah, and that's why we, we want to encourage as many people to to get into the water and to feel the benefits that I personally have felt themselves. Thank you so much for sharing your story and how swimming has meant a lot to you, not just as a sport or a hobby, but has been so tied to your mental health as well. I think, you know, to be able to have that time of reflection and have something that's helped you and that's healed you come out of it, it's just amazing. I'm really interested to hear that you apologised to people and had that connection of that awareness that some of your behaviour was not good for yourself. And sometimes it's quite, maybe sometimes the people around us that we care about, we're able to think of first before also thinking about how much our behaviour is damaging ourselves. You know, I think often we're outward looking and saying, oh God, this person deserves better. And hopefully you're at a place where you feel that you deserve better from from yourself as well. Yeah, I think I think during that period of my life, you probably push away the people that really care about you and surround yourself with people that enable the self-destructive behavior. And and, I'm, and by no means am I blaming anybody else. I'm fully accountable for everything that happened during those, that period and, and what have you. But I think when you, you, you do sit back and look, you probably have to make some apologies to people. And even those people from that aren't in your life any longer, I think, it's just important to sort of to own those the mistakes you made and acknowledge them and and for my growth and 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 potentially for them to sort of have a, a some closure on on a chapter of their lives that they might be needing so those conversations were difficult but it, it enabled me to sort of develop and grow and I'm glad I was able to have them and I think if I didn't have the if I didn't have the sort of connection with the water and, and a better understanding of myself, I, I probably would have veered away from those conversations because they're, they're not comfortable conversations. But part of the attraction of cold water for me is getting used to being uncomfortable and, and overcoming those mental challenges and the physical challenge of, of getting into the water and the resistance. And I think once you do that, it sort of gives you an element of freedom. And you can sort of crack on with the rest of your life, which hopefully I've done. Or well, I'm even in the process of doing. It's an ongoing journey. And you sort of try to sort of improve day by day. But yeah, it's been a good two years for me personally. I'm so interested to hear you make that connection between, you know, doing difficult things, doing things you don't want to do that you know are going to be good for you. And also swimming because... Most times I go for a swim, I stand there and think, oh, I don't really want to, <laughs> it's cold, I don't really want to do this. And there is a feeling afterwards of, oh yeah, I can, I can do that. And it was good. And it actually was difficult, but I feel better now that I think has taught me to have that attitude with a lot more things in life. And I know that sounds, I think often to some people that sounds silly because a swim and having a difficult conversation or being courageous in real life might sound like two completely unconnected things. But I think because you feel it so intensely in your body, it totally does that. It totally enables you to be more courageous. Yeah, I think you, if you, you you push yourself out of your comfort zone, um, so whether that's within a relationship or, or friendships or or in the water, I think... Going back to blue balls last year, I I was I didn't really it was it was myself and Ross and we'll, we'll probably go into it later on who set the group up and and at the start Ross was always there with me and Ross is a, a, a larger than life character a real extrovert so when we run our, our group dips which we did monthly Ross would generally take the lead on them and I would I would I would be there and I'd be but I'd sort of stay in the shadows a bit and. And I was happy like that. And, and Ross is so busy doing a million other things that he does. Um, he's, he's not been able to get in the water so much. So last year, we, we sort of dipped maybe once a month during the winter. And we don't tend to go in summer so much just because we just don't feel the benefits so much. And the beaches are so busy with tourists and um, car parking is a nightmare. 
but this year, the start of this year, I've, I really wanted to have as many dips as we can. And um, I think the guys want to have regular dips. So I've sort of pushed myself to sort of be the, the, the guy up front and to lead those groups and make people feel welcome. Cause that, cause that's a huge part of, of the group because we, we support man down, which is a men's mental health charity in Cornwall. We get lots of people that go to the man down sessions and they, they talk about mental health concerns. So they may have anxieties about coming to groups, large groups of, of blokes. So we wanted to, um, I, I'm really conscious that when, when people do turn up for sessions, and to swim it's not that easy to it can be intimidating to walk into a large group so I try and make them feel welcome and and try and get their eye early on and and I think that's that's so important because I'm sure I, I've been places before where you sort of sit in your car or you sit in a car park um, and you don't actually go in and do that thing and you turn around and and I know lots of other people have done that and I want to make people to feel as welcome as possible and I think that's sort of the community we've created Oh, that's so wonderful. And that, that doesn't it just mean so much when you catch someone's eye at something new, you know, you go into a new community space, people know each other and you're stood there feeling like a bit of a lemon and just one person says, hi, nice to meet you. It makes such a difference. Yeah, I think um, when I've had friends come along to the swims that haven't been swimming with us and they've sort of been watching from the from the sidelines and, and they they will notice people sort of come over nervously and 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 then once they start interacting with with me or one of the other guys in the group, then you can just see them. It's like a weight lifted, and that's such a nice feeling to be able to have. And I'm yeah, I'm just always really conscious of making being supportive of people and and understanding how they how they might be feeling going into a, a new situation. And then it's like all of, like everything. Once you sort of overcome that resistance and you come overcome those barriers, then it's it's you wonder what you ever worried about. But yes, it's nice to see that sort of weight lifted for them. Oh, and it sounds like, you know, it's such a inclusive and a community with such generous spirit. And, you know, it must have been impossible for you to imagine when you started out that you would be where you are now. So tell me what the steps were from you being really finding that swimming was helping you and your own mental health to working with Ross to then found this community. Yeah, so I... I went into the tidal pool um, on the 20th, like I say, on the, in December and then went to a number of different tidal pools over that sort of period of leave from Christmas on my own or, or with a couple of friends. And then I reconnected with Ross. So Cornwall's a really small place and, and like-minded people get attracted to each other and, and end up finding themselves in the same sort of places. So on the flip of that, I remember going out with Ross partying 10 years ago and having what we thought at the time was a great laugh. And then you, you become distant with people and you life change, you, you move on and you do other things. And then Ross had seen me actually on Instagram posting a few pictures up of, of, of swimming. And he, he got in touch with me and said, Oh, I've been, I'd like to go. I've seen what you've been saying about the mental health benefits. Can we go together? And again, this was in lockdown. So he was, had low, he was off work. He, he didn't have any work. So we were going every morning and Ross has got ADHD. So one of his superpowers, if you like, is he will become hyper-focused on things. And that's what happened with cold water swimming for him. So he just really quickly, within a couple of weeks of going swimming, would just just wanted to to make it a bigger he wanted to make it more than just myself and him going for a dip in the morning he wanted to set up a group and a, and a platform for men to be able to, to share those experiences and it obviously aligns with man down which is the charity that he founded and it's gone from there really it's we we started just the two of us and then we it sort of went to four or five people and then then it, then generally it was our friends that would come to the dips to support us which was nice and then the real the community grew because we were getting people that we hadn't met before or weren't coming along just as a give us a oh, tom's doing this we better go and cheer him on um we were getting people that we hadn't met um and like i say it's just grown from there it's a uh, it's, it's become a community the, the group's evolved um our, our first dips were 
get into the beach, going in quickly and then going home. Um, and now we sort of get to the beach and we have a chat for 25, 30 minutes before we go into the water. And now we go for a coffee or a tea afterwards. And it's much more of an event now, our, our swims, rather than just getting in the water and, and going home, which is which is really nice because it gives the guys the opportunity to chat and talk about life and what's going on with them personally and whether those chats happen before you go in the water or in the water or after the water. We've set up Facebook groups and things where people can chat as well and lots of the, we've got WhatsApp chats and it's, it's just become a really nice community. And I think I think everybody wants to have a feeling of belonging to something. And that I, I think that stems back from when you're a child and you if you want to be in a gang or you want to be in a sports team or, or what have you. It's nice to feel part of something. And I, I've noticed recently a few of the guys have added blue balls to their Instagram bios and, and things like that. And it's, it means it, mean, it probably means so little to them, but it, it just gives it gives me when I saw it, I was like, oh, just just quite emotional really because from, from for them to feel like they are part of that and they want to add it to their to to, to what they are and who they are I just think it's really nice oh it's so nice and something you should be so proud of it's so inspiring I think often life feels very difficult and in a world that's so busy and chaotic sometimes it can feel hard to be connected to any meaning and really I think all that we can do and all that we can ask for for ourselves is to feel that we're contributing something to where we live and the people that are around us and to create a community. I mean, really, there's very little that can be more meaningful and more impactful than that. So to see people that clearly feel that that is a really integral part of their belonging is just wonderful. And I'm as interested as well that you kind of mentioned, oh, you know, meeting up with people like your child and you know, like you're part of a gang. And that's so true because we encourage children to go on play dates and have friends and meet up with people. And then as you get older, that becomes a little bit harder to make friends unless they're through work or through kind of education institutions, which not everyone has the, you know, access to. And I think that can be a real challenge for people as they get older to feel connected to people. And then that becomes like, oh, we know each other through partying or going out or drinking. And that's how we meet romantic partners and so finding, do you find, especially for men, it can be difficult to make friends? I'm really interested that you said as well, you went for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Does does that, you know, for you a couple of years ago, asking a friend to go for a coffee rather than the pub, is that something that was quite different to your life then? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, it would It would be my go-to would be just to go to the pub. to catch, that's, that's the place you catch up. Or I, I personally would catch up with my friends and then the mindset I was in at the time, you'd, you'd have two pints and then you'd have four pints and then you, then, then you're not catching up with anyone. You're just talking rubbish to each other and talking over each other and not listening to what anyone's saying. And I think, again, it's just that sort of, it's that top, it's, it's just not, it's not a, a, a positive environment um, to connect with people. And I think my relationships with, with friends and family members have improved since, since I've, I've sort of, stop drinking so much and and focused on myself really i think it's it's nice that it is it is hard for men to make friends and and you, and that's what's so nice about blue balls we've got a community of so many different walks of life that you would never if someone said to me that i was would be swimming yesterday with a, a president of a massive of sort of worldwide company and a policeman and a just all sorts come to our groups and you and and there's no one cares what you do, and and some people don't know what they do, or, or no, don't know what one another does. But we've we've all got this sort of common interest in in the in the cold water and and getting the benefits from it. And it's just it just breaks down those barriers um, because I think there is still a stigma and, and shame around men men around men, around mental health. And I, I don't ever dismiss any mental health. And I, and I sometimes am conscious that we we always talk about men's mental health. But I think the reality is 75% of all suicides in the UK are male. And Cornwall's got the third highest suicide rate in the UK. And that's just a fact. So we try and um, encourage guys to talk about their feelings. And, and, and that's what Man Down is all about. And it's just creating that sort of safe environment where men can 
just talk about things and not feel judged and not feel any pressures and, and not feel any outside. Yeah, not feel any outside pressures from from anybody. Just be themselves. Wow, those those facts are so. I'm so sad to hear that. I did not know that about Cornwall, and I think that's really shocking as well to hear to hear those numbers. And amazing that you know you can have a group where you can actively provide a safe space to tackle some of that. When you first met Ross and obviously his work with Man Down Cornwall, and then to meet more people in a community that it sounds like we're also experiencing some of those mental health challenges, was that a surprise to you? Had you really thought much even about the term mental health or men's mental health at that time? Not really. I think it's becoming more focused on and, and talked about. But at that stage in my life, I was I was in such a a poor a state of poor mental health but didn't really didn't really know how to talk about it I didn't know who to talk to about it and I think when I started understanding a bit more about myself and and the cold water actually I did an Instagram post on it and I got so much feedback and messages back from it saying oh, I can't believe you're talking about this and and I think that's because I've always been this sort of like I said earlier this sort of stereotypical bloke who just hard-nosed and wouldn't ever talk about anything and wouldn't show any emotions and actually I'm quite I'm really emotional all the time these days and it's just the complete opposite but I feel feel much happier I was a really unhappy person for, a, for quite a few years and I'm, I'm I'm not now and I think that's being part of a you 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 you, you outgrow things and people and places and you you just discover things and, and cold water is one of those things that it has fundamentally changed my life that's so interesting to hear that you say, you know, how much of a different person that you feel you are and being more an emotional person. I don't, I feel like I can relate to that in some way that I always spent a long time feeling like when people would say, how are you? And I think lots of us do this. You go, yeah, I'm good. Because we feel like that's the only option we have to give. And as much as the t- at the time, I would feel a little bit like, well, no one really cares how I am because no one really asks and no one asks me and woe is me and people don't understand how I'm feeling. I also kind of realized that I had to make people feel that they could give a real answer when I asked, how are you? And I learned that as I would start to say, no, how are you, how are you really doing? People would open up and be honest and provide a space that I felt like I could turn to that a bit more consciously as well. But I even still find that difficult. Like you say, it's a process that goes on forever. I find it difficult to be honest and open with people and also to even open myself up to take on honesty from other people. And I think I've, as I felt like more of an emotional person, I still find that sometimes when some of those emotions are negative, when they're, you know, whether I'm feeling worried, whether I'm feeling sad, whether I'm feeling angry, you know, the natural re- instinct is well either to drink to go out um to be really busy or to just not acknowledge that it's happening and I think there genuinely is something about the feeling of swimming and the shock of it that helps me and allows me to feel a little bit more upset sometimes I don't know what it is but I think it's just because things are a little bit more on the surface and I think I just tend to them a little bit more and I have a lot less shame about being upset when I get upset now if that makes any kind of sense yeah no, absolutely makes sense I think I think vulnerability is is a, is a key word really and I think if you can it, it's it's good to to be vulnerable and, and put yourself out there and I think the water I mean I won't I'm not going to go into I won't unless you particularly want me to go into the science of it all I think um I think Laura, I listened to Laura's podcast. So Laura's podcast, she, she did it really well last week with you. And, um, and, I, and, and I was amazed with all the scientific phrases she was coming out with and what have you. All I really know is it makes me feel better. And I never go in, um, I never come out of the water feeling worse than I, than when I go in. And I think it, it makes you feel at one with the environment and often not so much at this time of year because it, it, the water's still quite warm and the air temperatures sort of worryingly warm really but certainly in January and, and February March it'll be really cold and for that short time you're in the water you, you can't really think of anything else so when you you sort of enter it you might have the weight of the world on your shoulders but within seconds of, of being in 
that environment you 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 can only feel present where you are and you you can you're, you you feel mindful and you can appreciate the environment and if that brings out emotions in you and 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 feelings that are suppressed normally in your office or your day-to-day lives then that can only be a good thing mm, that's so true and i think that is it it's that feelings have somewhere to go because often you know the society that we've really created doesn't allow feelings to have space and you know that was the one of the things you said at the beginning that you know part of being this quote-unquote stereotypical bloke is not acknowledging feelings not having space to feel feelings so they just get trapped inside you whereas when you're swimming it's almost as if there's nowhere else for them to go so you do have to feel them and I think I've always been a bit scared of that like that might be a bad thing and now I'm beginning to realize maybe it is a bit of an okay thing to have (laughs) to have those feelings I think you've got those feelings inside that um, when you go through a period of, of your life that it isn't good and then you, if, if you're drinking too much or if you're taking drugs to escape, all, all you're doing is you're, you're suppressing those, those feelings and, you, and you, when, they, when you stop doing that, that negative thing, whether it's drinking or whatever it is, those emotions, then you have to face them. And that can be hard. That can be really difficult. And I think probably anyone that's been through a, a, a sort of journey, their own mental health, would would that what those initial steps are really difficult because you you ha- you can't have you haven't got anything to hide them, and they're just there, and you've got to deal with them. And um, but actually, it makes you sort of stronger. The other through the other side. Definitely, it does make you stronger. I had um, my brother passed away a few years ago, and it was the anniversary this week. And six years, which was just a horrible milestone because it feels like quite far and also quite near. And I cried so much this week. And the past anniversaries, I haven't really been able to because it's just been so, I've been so far from my feelings that tears weren't almost even possible. And I almost take it as a bit of a growth thing that I was very teary and very almost to a point of childlike tantrums this week of just being so upset and so in my grief. And it was really good to come out the other side of that and feel like I'm still here because it's so scary to the thought of feeling feelings. So I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be upset. I can't do any of these things. And to have a period where you do go through that or you get upset, you have a bit of a cry. And then to realize at the other end, I'm still here and I still feel okay. You do feel stronger because there's a new depth almost to yourself and I think maybe I kind of always knew that people always say things about being stronger but it's not till you really experience it that you kind of think oh I do understand I understand that in a new way now yeah I mean I'm sorry to hear that about your brother I can't imagine sort of how painful that must be but grief is grief is a is is a different thing for everybody and I think that I one of the guys that comes swimming with us um and he's sort of he's a fundamental part of the group now. He lost his wife a couple of years ago to cancer, and he um, and, and was left with two young girls. And he's used cold water swimming to sort of help him navigate through that period of his life. And and, and, and interestingly, yesterday he he talked. We we drove over together to the beach, and he was talking about it. And, and I asked him how he'd been this week, and actually he said it had been difficult because he spent time. He'd realized that he, he needed to spend some time with the girls because they'd, their, their behavior had changed a little bit. And he, so he's, he, he, put, he purposely spent more time with them talking about their mum and, and things like that. And, and, and sort of facing those difficult, again, bringing out emotions that you don't really want to bring up, but you've got to sort of face them. And, and he felt, he felt better for it. And I think the girls felt better for it. And, I think, again, it goes back to society. I think everyone says, oh, you, you'll be okay or man up and things like that. But actually, it's all right to be upset and, and it's okay. And one of my closest friends has lost her parents within the last 18 months. And some days she'll be fine and some days she'll be really upset and gets angry with herself for feeling upset. But it's okay. Like It's, it's, a, it's a big thing that's happened and it's good to, good to be emotional. It's good to cry. And again, I'm not, I don't know the science of it all, but someone told me that it, it is good, and everyone feel everyone always feels better for a good cry, and um, yeah, so I, I think that's a, a good thing. 
Mm. I, I find it almost funny, you know, hearing you talk about other people saying they get angry at themselves for being upset because when you hear someone say that, you think, oh, you know, please offer yourself some compassion. Of course, it's okay to be upset, but I'm exactly the same. My friends do a good impression of me where they go, anyway, it's fine because I'll, you know, express the slightest emotion and then instantly feel like I have to be like, anyway, what's happening with you this week? And it's so true that we all feel, you know, I had Mark Vesey, a very talented artist on the podcast, and he said, you know, one of the thing that, things that annoys him is when people say good vibes only. And I've kind of noticed that sentiment that really does creep a lot into society of people being like, man up, move on, good vibes only, positivity. But actually, I think we all know that we can feel feelings and, you know, to have a space where you can drive with your friend and give them an opportunity to have every color of emotion is just um really special yeah i just think it's it's just it's important and it it's just nice to have have, a, have whereas we whether a few years ago we would have just been in the pub together now we're going out swimming and it's just um it's just just different and it's but i wouldn't change it for the world and one of the things you said that i thought was really fascinating and this is probably just me being ignorant, I guess I hadn't even considered it before, was, you know, you've got people of all ages, all walks of life, and also all shapes and sizes. Because I think for a lot of women, feeling conscious about your body does really involve with swimming. I think, you know, when I was younger, that kind of went through a phase where I would love to swim as a child, then went through puberty, and it feels a bit more uncomfortable and weird to be in a bikini, or you start your period, and that feels weird. And I love being swimming and seeing women of all ages getting changed, especially at, you know, Hampstead Ponds. It feels like a really positive and safe space for women. But I hadn't, of course, thought that that goes both ways. I think sometimes we perceive that, you know, wrongly, that maybe men don't have as many body confidence issues as women. Uh, so tell me a little bit about why that's important to your community there. Yeah, I just think we, like I say, we 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 encourage guys into the water. So if they want to wear a full wetsuit or if they want to wear shorts or if they want to wear boardies or whatever makes them feel comfortable and confident enough to, to come for, for a swim is all that matters. And it's a, like I say, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a non-judgmental environment. I think we've been fortunate enough that some, some companies have, have got behind us and, and send us stuff, which I give to the, to the guys and, and whether it's short, someone short, someone trunks. And it's just, I just think it's, and, and some, some probably a year ago probably wouldn't want to wear trunks or shorts, but actually they, they now sort of see the, see why we do it and, and, and do, and do wear them now. And, and that's nice as well because they get why we do it. And I think that there is, there is a sort of stigmas around body shapes and, and all that. And I think, one of the reasons we first did it is when wild, 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 wild swimming, that phrase kicked off, which it was a bit of a trend, I guess. But I actually, I actually really like the phrase because I think it, I, I connect wild swimming with, with swimming out in, in the nature and in the outdoors. And, and I've, I've sort of only just come to terms with that recently before I, I really just didn't like the phrase wild swimming. And because it's just for me, it was just, it was, well, you're, never, you're just swimming unless you're in a pool. It's, of course, it's wild. But I think. For us, it's just really important that the guys um, get into the water and feel comfortable and feel comfortable and they're not judged. And it's just a positive place for them. And then they, they can go home at the end of the day and felt like they've enjoyed it. And we still get lots of messages, even yesterday, saying thanks on the group. And I always feel a bit silly when people thank me or, or Ross. And I know Ross will probably feel the same because I'm as thankful to them because without the guys coming swimming every week, the community, the blue balls wouldn't be a thing. It would have just been me and Ross. So it's only thanks to them that we've sort of grown. Oh, that's lovely. And I love that it, you know, it's been important for you to make a non-judgmental space because I think lots of us, we look at our bodies as these separate parts. So I wish this was a bit different or if only I could work on this. And swimming can feel quite revealing for that because, you know, you're out often a lot less clothing than you usually are and when I started swimming that would that was kind of a little bit of a sore spot for me whereas now I think the process of being out and swimming has actually given me a much more positive relationship with my body because I appreciate what my body can do my body can get me outside it can take cold water and that whole experience 
makes me appreciate what my body can do rather than how my body looks. And so I'm really interested that you said that, you know, some people before might have been like, I'm not wearing the blue balls, blue trunks. And now they're like, yeah, I am. Because my body is the body of a swimmer because I can swim, not because I have to look like a quote unquote swimmer, whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're certainly not, it's not a catwalk with, with us guys every Sunday or Saturday, whenever we do it, I think we do it for the love of the cold water and how that cold water makes us feel and not how we look. I do always ask the guys if they're happy to be in a photo before or after our dips. And that's to just to sort of celebrate going in together and and the water and and an achievement really, because although some of us are in all the time, for some of those guys, it might be their first dip. And I think it's nice to sort of celebrate that and mark that occasion. And no one, touch word, has ever said, no, I don't want to be in a in a photo. And like I said, it's all shapes and sizes. And I can remember what I was going to say now. When we first started the group, one of the other wild swimming pages posted a picture and, and they did a piece on men in the water. And the picture they posted was of a load of firemen in trunks with perfect physiques. And... And although sort of the messaging was great in the in the caption of the message in, in of the post, that the image is what people remember. And for those guys that might be a bit bigger or might be have that dad bod or might have tattoos they had when they were kids and hate them, but I, we just didn't want we didn't want that, those guys to be put off getting into the water. So that's why we've sort of encouraged as many as we can in and 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 continue to do so. Mm. And you mentioned there, you know, marking the achievement of the first swim, because that first swim was always so incredibly exciting and just the adrenaline and, you know, how hooked you get from that is just amazing, which makes me think back to your first swim at Porth Town, which is a fantastic place. I've been lucky enough to travel to swim there twice and it's just beautiful. But maybe for our listeners that haven't been able to go to Cornwall to swim there, maybe you can paint a picture and describe it a little bit. Yes, yeah, so Porth Town is, uh, funny enough, I, I went to primary school in St Agnes, which is just around the corner. So I don't know whether it was my subconscious that made that, that forced, what made me go to that tidal pool in Porth Town that day or what. But it's a, Porth Town is a, is a seaside town, little town, it's got a beach and there's a tidal pool hidden away in the rocks on the right hand side. And it's quite a trek. When I first went there, I tried to climb up the side, the sort of cliff path and walk, get down. But I, I couldn't, didn't do that or I couldn't do that or I didn't think I could do that. So I walked back down and went down through the beach and over the rocks and found the pool. And it's, it's only, a, it's quite a small pool. And if you didn't know it was there, you'd never find it. But I got there and dipped my toe in. And it was, like I say, it was December, at the end of December. So it was cold. And I was not used to the cold water. In fact, I'd never been in the... It, hadn't been in cold water for a long time and uh, this goes back to the, the old toxic masculinity and ego thing two two girls turned up at the pool and if it wasn't for those two girls I probably wouldn't have gone in because they were like it was a bit like well I've got to get in now because they're here and if I don't get in I'm gonna not look like a manly bloke or what have you so um, whoever they were if they're listening today thank you very much and I was just that, that feeling for the rest of that day, I was just just buzzing from it. And I went back the next day and the day after that. And I think that feeling you get when you're in the water and then you sort of, it's probably the best feeling for me is what I call it the honeymoon period is when you've been in the water and then you get out of the water and you get that sort of two or three minutes where it might be three degrees outside the air temperature, but it feels like it's, you're just lying on the beach in the middle of the summer. You're, you're, you've got that after swim glow, and then then you've got to sort of click your fingers and remind yourself you better get wrapped up pretty quick, otherwise you're going to feel very very cold. But but yeah, so and then tidal pools are my favourite places to swim. I think I love the I love the I don't know if paradox is the right word, but the, the paradox of the of the, the stillness of the tidal pool against the crashing waves of the ocean and the, the wildness um, and whether that's a metaphor for your brain and your mental health and because sometimes you can look calm on the outside but there could be so much going on on the inside that you don't know about but yeah so I, I've tried to I've, I've tried to visit as many of the tidal pools in Cornwall as I, I can 
And they're, 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 def- they're still my favourite places to swim. But obviously, Port Town will always hold a, hold a special place for me. Uh, it's a very special place. And like you say, I also did the same. You come down these steps made of stone kind of in the cliffside. It feels very folkloric, almost like something out of Lord of the Rings. And then the steps the steps just finish and you realise, okay, I can't get back down here. But that's great because it forces you to have this beautiful view of above from the tidal pool. And then you go around and scramble on these rocks and you really feel like you've you've earned it by the time you're in this tiny, amazing pool in the cliffs. And I feel the same about tidal pools. There's something so special about the stillness. You feel so safe and protected whilst also being able to really have a respect for how wild and, you know, sometimes quite violent the sea can be. You feel really immersed in it. Yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them. I think I was I went down to one down at Cape Cornwall about for four weeks ago. I went, did a couple on the same trip, actually. I did the one, the Children's Cove, which is a tiny little pool, and then went over, is it Nan, Nanjerik Valley? Which, um, and, I, and there's a chap there, um, and it's got chatting to him, and he was telling me all about the, the, all the, the, the man-made tidal pools within about a mile of each other on that stretch of coast, and he was, he was talking about how they were built and, and the explosives used and stuff. And, and again, it's just something that I, I would never... If someone had said to me four years ago, you'll be chatting to a, a chap that you've never met before, he's probably 70, about dynamite and exploding sections of rock in Cape Cornwall, I would have just laughed at you. But I think that's just the community and, and people are, are really welcoming and supportive and want to share what they know. And I think I'm really looking forward to your, to your book. I think it'll be great. I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to read about all the different pools across the UK and it'll be, um, and then, and then I've traveled to a lot in Cornwall, but it's, it, there's so many more across the, like I say, across the UK that I would have no idea about. Yeah. I wonder if we've ever met any of the same people. Cause it's true. You do end up having the most wonderful conversations with people. And I've been fortunate enough to meet people at various tidal pools that said, Oh, you know, my grandfather taught me how to swim here and he would come here as a child. And, you know, mental health maybe in some ways feels often like quite a new phrase, but it's interesting that, you know, in Victorian times, people would get sent out of the city to the sea, you know, to calm their disposition. And people knew then that salt water and being in the sea was was amazing. So people were building these pools even back then. And I feel like that's something really special to feel like this is something natural people have been doing for a long time to keep them well. And I love just, you know, seeing old photographs of people all out, on the beach and all kinds of, you know, on the tidal pools and all kinds of weather is, is just amazing. And two of my favourites are actually around there, like Travone and Trianon Beach. The ones there had some really windy, the, the sea was huge waves and it was so still. That was beautiful. That was definitely the best swim I think I've ever had. Trianon is probably the coldest tidal pool I've ever been in. It was absolutely freezing when I went up there. And a, I think I've got a photo on my, on my Instagram of it and it, everything. It even it makes me feel cold just looking at the photo. <laughs> but again, it's just, it's just, just, it's just, they're just, they're great. And like Lido's as well. I was listening to your podcast yesterday and we're, we're going down to the Jubilee pool in Penzance this weekend, actually on Saturdays. Some of the guys from Blue Wolves are going down and that'll be really nice because that's quite an iconic venue. And that'll be, that'll, yeah, it'd be nice to swim in there. And they've got a bit, they've got a geothermal pool as well, which is a bit warmer. So that'll be, be nice to get out of the cold and jump into that one to warm up. Oh, and they have a great cafe. So afterwards you can have a coffee and a bacon sandwich. That pool is just so beautiful. And I went in and I, it was so cold that day and it was all kind of in a mist. So it felt a little bit like being in heaven because it was just all white around us. And I was so cold that I think my fingers must have kind of shrank because my ring fell off. I lost it. And I said to the lifeguard, is there any, is like a net or something, kind of knowing I couldn't do another few minutes in there. So we borrowed a pair of goggles, tried to dive down to get it, but it was like, oh, it's gone. So I left my details just in case. And then three months later, they drained the pool and messaged me and said, oh, they found your ring and posted it back to me. So whenever I look at it now, I always kind of think about Penzance and the fact that they that they managed to find it because I think they drain it every few months. But that pool is just 
it's so beautiful. And even that, you know, it's bigger, it's a Lido, but apparently the kind of very geometric shape of it, because it's right on a, not quite a peninsula, but a, the waves just outside on that harbour are so, so violent that it's built in a shape that it can, you know, withstand the waves because of the way the uh, angles of the building work. So that too, it's like it's harnessing nature in a really wonderful way. I think it's it's, battery, it's called Battery Rock because one of the guys was talking about it yesterday and he said, if we're going down to the Jubilee Pool on Saturday, we've, we've got to swim off the rock before we go in. So I think it's quite historic down this this neck of the woods. And funny, again, to just keep going on about the Jubilee Pool, during this year, we did a, a world record attempt for synchronised swimming in there. And I think it's still being adjudicated whether we've got the world record or not. I think there's 275 of us doing synchronised swimming to Nina Simone it's feeling good, which I don't, I mean, I don't know how good this, the synchronized swimming was. I don't think we're going to be winning any Olympic medals for it, but it really, it was a really good experience. And, but again, probably out of the 275 people there, there's probably 20, 20 blokes. So it was really nice that sort of we were there and, and, and actually a lot of the, a lot of the girls would talk to us and say, what, what, what are you doing? And not in a bad way, they'd sort of say, what are you, how are you, where are you from? And what, how come you're down here? And we talk about it. And again, that was good. Good exposure for the for the group because they've obviously all got husbands and sons and dads that they that they encourage to get in with us. Oh, I'm I'm so inspired by the community you've built, and I hope you know talking about this has been a new reflection moment for you to just feel proud of the people that you've brought together. And to anybody that's listening, you know, maybe it's even a reminder to be brave, reach out to someone new, ask them for a swim, see if they want to come. Because I think that's really all we can do is try and connect with people and it's a very positive way to connect people going for a swim being outside yeah i think um i think sort of connection is a human need and um it's so important and i think being part of something and the, the sense of belonging is, is something really special and i think and and all, we've all i think something there does some, seem to be something happening around mental health at the moment and it's sort of moving in the right directions and it's nice to be a part of that if, and if we can help in if we can help, if, if only one bloke listens to this podcast today and thinks, oh, do you know what, I'm going to get in the water uh, and, and feels a benefit to his mental health, then that will do for me because you, you can't, you're not going to change the world overnight. And I don't think I'd want to have that pressure on myself anyway. But if, if, if like I say, if one person can feel better and it helps them somewhat, then everything's worth it. Oh, thank you. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Thanks, Ro. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Tom, for that wonderful chat. You can find out more about Blue Balls Cornwall and how to join their swims on social media. And you can also pre-order my book, The Tidal Year, via the show notes. See you next week.